Hello and welcome to episode two, Goblet of Fire of Wicked Coven, a podcast where my closest friends get together and talk about all things nerdy in the world of comics, anime, video games, movies, and television. I am your main host, Shania Anderson, and I am going to review the movie Fantastic Beast, the new one that just came out, and a couple of more things while I answer your questions throughout. So before we start, I want to know that there will be spoilers. So you have been warned before you continue this segment. Um, so let's talk about Credence. Credence is an obscurial, which means that he has a insane amount of power. And going throughout these two movies, he's having an identity crisis. So, so far we know Mary Lou is his adoptive mother. And he describes his biological mother as being, you know, wicked and unnatural. And throughout this, in the first movie, he doesn't want to control his powers. He wants to go on this big rampage. And between the first and the second movie, he is now calmed down. He wants to control his powers. And he is seen as the most powerful wizard because when Obscurial is uh, in its host body, usually it destroys its host by the age of 10 and credence has made it to the age of 18 19 in these movies um so we want to talk about how his identity crisis is being played into grindelwald's manipulative plan um grindelwald is basically this mass manipulator he's like the puppeteer in the whole movie he is making things happen so people can get on his side uh such as when he killed um the nanny that credence found to tell him about his um personality his where he came from why he's the way he is and also queenie uh because she wants to marry a muggle jacob um he kind of you know wants to um give you and win over the people's hearts and minds uh unlike let's say voldemort that if you disagree with him he's going to kill you on the spot um he knows that he needs people uh behind him in order to beat dumbledore and speaking of beating dumbledore we find out in uh movie two that they have a blood pack the blood pack is basically um you promise not to fight each other or harm each other which puts dumbledore and grindelwald in a hard predicament that's why grindelwald needs credence um i think that grindelwald is only using credence as only a weapon um and throughout this theme he's playing into this identity crisis that credence has so let's talk about that more in depth so credence is about 18 19 in the first movie and the movies are set basically in 1926-1927. That would mean that his birthday was somewhere around 1908-1907. And supposedly Dumbledore's mother is, was died in 1899. The shipwreck when he was a baby was about in 1901. Which plays into that maybe he is Dumbledore's younger brother. Which is revealed at the end of a big shock for us. Um... And we found out that his adoptive mother, he wasn't supposed to go there. It's because of uh, Lily Strange switched her brother and Credence on the ship uh, the night that the ship went down. So that means his whole background is um, 
basically gone in that shipwreck when uh, Lily Strange's real brother dies on the other boat there. So she takes care of Credence from a baby. Uh, we also want to talk about how when Grindelwood is manipulative, that Credence Dumbledore is being a dumb, um, I'm sorry, that Grindelwood is telling Credence that he's Dumbledore's brother may not be true. He lies and manipulates throughout that, uh, it's saying in the book and in the movie that he has to change guards constantly because he's very persuasive and manipulative into believing what he's saying um we also see that in movie two towards the end when he has these group of wizards um he's trying to convince to be on his side um one more example is when he tries to trick queenie into playing in this love for this muggle he's saying that there's free choice there will be um, you know, there will be no judgment into marrying non-wizards. And the problem is his plan is to kill all wizards. And he, he says that on several occasions in the beginning of the movie. And also, but towards the end, he switches up and says that it's not that we're going against non-mogul, I mean, non-magical creatures or non-wizards. It's that, that they're not lesser. They're just the other uh, basically and which I found really weird that he switches up on that for everybody specifically and he switches up um, I want to get more into the um, Grindelwood and Dumbledore's blood pack um, it seems like we get a hint at the relationship in the beginning of the movie um, and it's basically like they've been old friends. And when they were younger, they made this blood pet. They promised never to fight each other. Um, throughout the thing, there is a small little, like, amulet with their blood mixed together in the amulet. And Grindelwood has this amulet. And we don't see it until the very end when um, he's speaking and trying to persuade everybody in the crowd. Uh, luckily, Newt's creature... Um, stole it and gave it to him and towards the end of the movie uh, Newt gives this amulet to Dumbledore and Dumbledore is now trying to figure out how he can destroy this pack without Grindelwood knowing so they could maybe fight in the next movies to come Uh, we also want to sit there and talk about how that Dumbledore is is very caring in this movie. We hardly see him in this movie um, compared to the Harry Potter series that we've seen him in almost every scene or he is mentioned in almost every scene. Um, in this movie, Fantastic Beasts, he's a teacher at Hogwarts, not the headmaster. He is beloved by all students except strange uh lily strange lily strange feels like she is a monster because she may have killed her brother because she switched uh switched him on that shipwreck and she feels like she's this monster she goes in hogwarts and she causes trouble but throughout their scene between lily strange and dumbledore he's saying that he never hated her he never seen her as a monster because something also happened to his sister that he had um 
and they connect on this level you can see that Dumbledore is you know the headmaster that we see now in Harry Potter's he's caring he's understanding he gets the students and this is kind of why we see now why Dumbledore is so beloved at Hogwarts, why the students will back up and use him as a way to defeat the dark arts. And um, Dumbledore is also one of the most powerful wizards other than Credence. Uh, Grindelwood asked his followers, you know, if I asked you right now to go into Hogwarts and fight Dumbledore, would you do it? No one moved a muscle. Everybody was looking at him as if he was crazy because they know Dumbledore is so powerful, yet he doesn't show it off. Um, we also see a relationship with Newt when he comes around and notice that um, when he was younger, him and Lily was kind of the outcast of the thing. We see him more with uh, creatures and his Hufflepuff side, and Dumbledore takes to that. Um, he uses his nature of caring and you know his belovedness to manipulate I wouldn't say manipulate I would say to pull strings in order for his favor to get information not like Grindelwood he's doing it for the wrong reasons but Dumbledore is using it to in a way that's like I give you something you give me information or He's like, let me just call in this friend. And even the ministry is uh, kind of jealous of that type of relationship he has with his students and other people. Um, so I'm very excited to see what it is to come of these next movies that are coming out with the Fantastic Beasts series. Um, I would like to say that this is one of the most interesting movies despite some of its movie qualities like um there are times where the scene skips and it doesn't like transition well for me like one time they're in the cemetery and then the very next second they're somehow in where Grindelwood is and his thing they didn't you know teleport like they usually do it just the screen changed so fast and it was just very alarming because um some parts of the movie you were confused and if you don't know the harry potter series as much as a dedicated harry potter fan you know maybe such as myself um then you wouldn't connect the dots as easily you would have to probably go read more about it and for that to happen i think they could have um transitioned and explained it a little more about certain situations you know, that just in case non-Harry Potter fans, non-dedicated, super dedicated Harry Potter fans would know. Uh, maybe to give them some hints. But other than that, I give this movie like an 8 out of 10. Honestly, it was good. Action was good. Um, CGI was amazing, especially with the creatures. Um, other than that, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at wicked underscore coven, um, where you can send in your questions and get the latest of what our podcast will be talking about this week. 
Um, so since we talked about the Fantastic Beasts and we did a review over that, I was thinking maybe also doing a review of a book that I also love and is reading the second book over. We're going to talk about I Hunt Killers by Barry Linga. Uh, it's one of New York Times best-selling authors. And in this book is basically, um, Jazz. He is the son of the most famous serial killer. Um, his dad is a serial killer that has made it to the triple digits. Um, he has also changed his M.O. willingly so he won't be caught. Uh, throughout this whole book, Jazz is now in the aftermath of his dad getting arrested and he's living with his mentally ill grandmother. Um, so in this book, we're getting behind uh, Jazz, what his life is, uh, what his crisis is, who his friends are, who his girlfriends are, who is becoming, and out of nowhere, after he's trying to figure out himself as a high school student and getting bullied because his dad is a serial killer, we go in and add an extra plot twist. Uh, we find out that somebody is using his dad's M.O.s to kill people in the order of which his dad killed him. So the only person that knows his dad's M.O. better than his dad is him. And he tries to go to the police and basically tell him uh, this victim with the initials of, let's say, F.G. will be killed this certain way, this certain time, and where. And it's weird because the police station, the, um, the chief is not believing him. He's saying that you need to find another hobby, you need to do this. And he's like, no, these are the same ways my father is killing because I've been there since he was little. Basically, his dad has taught him how to kill somebody and not get caught. And he's always told him um, a, a killer only wants to be caught when he wants to be caught. He's not caught because they outsmarted him. The police has outsmarted him. He got caught because he wants to. And which also plays in the thing of the end of the book where Jazz goes to the prison to meet him finally after years of ignoring him and just to see, you know, who's doing this, why he's doing this and find out his dad does get out. And then the second book, the second book starts. which is The Game. Um, I haven't read this book yet. I am actually going to start. And he continues, I believe, to help killers. I mean, help the police station to find killers. Um, he continues, goes on. I think his best friend gets kidnapped. His girlfriend gets kidnapped. Uh, and we go on from there. Uh, he's also having an internal crisis because he thinks his dad made him kill his mom. His mom has been disappeared or he's been gone for years, years and years and years. He's like only had 
about maybe a month's worth of memories of his mom and he keeps having this reoccurring dream that he has this bloody knife in his hand and he's washing it in the sink and he believes that it's his mother's blood that his mom his dad made him kill his mom um we meet his best friend and his girlfriend that is also trying to uh get him into the normal life uh his best friend is anemic i believe um he bleeds a lot uh if he gets hurt he's very fragile which is um basically the opposite of jazz uh you know he was being bred to be this next serial killer he's strong he's he's extremely intelligent and then he has this clummy clumsy fragile friend and it's kind of like i believe it's like his safety net that you know if i don't if i don't be careful he could he's gonna get hurt um his girlfriend is uh african-american book and they also talk about this race of interracial dating and how um this can also play a part in and brings this idea that it's okay there's going to be struggles with that but it's not it's a minor conflict not the major point of this deal um it was like one or two pages for me and i was just like okay whatevs um but i give this book about maybe if we're doing it out of 10 i give it basically a seven uh there's some stuff that it's just like okay we could have went in depth on this more because it would have been a lot interesting but this book is very addictive i couldn't put it down when i first started reading it um and i bought the second and the third book right after i finished the first book uh i have to say this book is really good and you i would suggest to read it if you like this mystery murder type deal genre and yeah have a good day Thank you for listening to Wicked Coven Podcast and stay breezy, my friends.